It's Thunderbird Eye, and it's spooky season. Welcome in here to our regular show. It's Halloween, everyone. My it's name not is... a regular show. It's Halloween. It's Halloween show, but it's our regular time is what I meant to say. But it's still the same folks here. But no Liz Wang. However, it's Jacob Air, Jake McGrail, Corey Branson, and Nico Roselli of CITR Sports, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unseated grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC Thunder, Thunderbirds news, standings, and stories. It is spooky season, and it is Halloween today, so we hope you have a frightening, frightening afternoon and evening of events. And it is indeed a scary time for UBC fall sports as well. It's playoff season right now for soccer and women's rugby. And so far, mostly the evil spirits have been kept at bay. But there were some uh, recent unfortunate outcomes that we saw. We'll get to those later. And while Friday brought success for most of UBC soccer, volleyball, basketball, swimming, and hockey, Saturday was a different story. The majority of basketball, volleyball, football, and field hockey teams, as well as hockey, lost that day. However, cross-country, women's ice hockey, and men's rugby did find some success in the midst of defeat. Then on Sunday, the Thunderbirds rebounded for two wins across men's hockey and women's soccer, and even tallied a tie in women's field hockey. And then finally, the weekend, or the week rather, rounded out on Monday through Wednesday with women's golf out in Hawaii, and the UBC women's rugby playing their long-awaited U Sports matchup against Laval yesterday at 11 a.m. We'll start with some positives, uh, relatively. Bit of a tough on the men's side for men's volleyball, but women's was a bit better. Yeah, tough weekend for the men's volleyball team. They lost both their games against Saskatchewan, both of them with a 3-1 to score, which put their record at 1-3 and to start the season. Yeah, two games followed a similar pattern. In both the Thunderbirds took the first set and then lost the following three. Matt Neves, though, was UBC's best offensive player. He recorded a combined 28 kills in the two games along with two and a half blocks. Yeah, good start to the season for Neves. On the defensive end, Jordan Deshane, five blocks over the weekend, along with 14 kills and a 440 hitting percentage, a very reliable figure in the middle for the Thunderbirds. Ben Hooker is the team's starting setter as of now. However, Zach Johnson did take on a bit of a bigger role in the past two games. Last year, we saw him start towards the beginning of the season and then fade out towards the end. Uh, in the second game especially, he was able to record 13 assists, Compared to Hooker's 29, we'll see if this role grows further going forward. Yeah, two of them locked in a battle for the last year and a bit over who's going to be the starting You wonder setter. if it's, there's some off-court you know, off drama as well between the two <laughs> setters. Maybe, Hopefully not. Maybe it's cordial. Yeah, uh, and on the women's side, both the women's games ended 3-1 to one as well. Though, thankfully, they did win one of those games, and they are now 3-1 and one to start the season. Gabby Atea had a strong weekend with 29 combined kills on a 333 hitting percentage to go along with eight digs in five blocks. It's really good to have her back on the court, especially in the absence of a superstar player who could do everything like Kira Van Rijk. And with the absence of Liv Furlan, second-year setter Kayla Oxland has stepped up in a big way. She recorded a combined 75 assists over the two games, along with 22 digs, two and a half blocks, and eight aces. Yeah, you can't ask for much better for someone filling in for uh, Furlan, who is now the star of this team with uh, Van Wright gone. And they're 3-1 and one without Furlan playing in any of those games. That's a good sign, although the offense hasn't been incredibly efficient. They are 10th out of the 13 Canada West teams in hitting percentage at 156. 
They've been helped by the fact that they're third in aces per set with two and a half, and hopefully whenever Furling comes back, she'll help with that hitting percentage. And you wonder if that hitting percentage is more of a uh, showing from the setter position, where the outside hitters or middles aren't being set up as well, or if it's more due to the fact that they're outside Hitters just aren't as strong overall. Yeah, we'll we'll see this weekend, I guess. Yes, we will. Live game. That's right. <laughs> Friday. That's tomorrow, folks. Tune in to CITR. Yeah, both men's and women's teams have their home openers this weekend. They'll be taking on Mount Royal tomorrow and Saturday. Uh, the Cougars women's team is 4-0, and uh, while their men's team is just 2-2. Two and two. The first doubleheader tomorrow will be broadcast live here on CITR. Definitely tune in. Yes, Jake Bear and Jake McGrail in the booth calling that one. Uh, and the women's game is starting at 6 p.m., men at 7.30, maybe 8 o'clock when Dep- that one yeah, finishes. Depending on how long the women's game goes. Looking at basketball, the both teams finished their preseason. The women's team had two games. They won 62-47 to over Mount Royal and then lost in overtime to Alberta at a score of 83-79. to It means out of the preseason games they played against U-Sports opposition, they went 5-3. and three. Game one, Jessica Hansen led the team in scoring with 18 points. Meanwhile, Keelan Filowich double-doubled with 15 points and 11 boards of her own. And Gab- Gabriella Guerta hit three threes, which added her total to 13 points coming off of the bench. Yeah, game two saw a monstrous performance from Filowich. She scored 31 points on 14 of 17 shooting. Dang. That's a great percentage. <laughs> well, she's the main player on their team now, especially without Penn. Yeah. Uh, and that was also just in 26 minutes of action. Uh, after that, she fouled out. Hansen recorded 23 points, five rebounds, six steals, and eight turnovers. No one else on the team, though, scored more than five points. So yeah, it was a bit of a two-woman show. That was where the absence of Penn was really felt. Madison Legault, five points, one of eight shooting. Haley Council, five points, one of six shooting. LaGuerta, five points, one of four shooting. Tannis Metcalf, zero points, zero of six shooting. A lot of those younger players, yeah, a lot of those second years. Yeah, and the only player besides Philowich and Hansen who shot better than 33% from the field was Kate Johnson, and that was only on two of four shooting. So uh, without Penn there, it's looking a bit rough at times due to inconsistencies from everyone else. Definitely. And last season, it was Philowich, Hansen, and Maddie Penn who carried the offensive load for the team. But with Penn out due to injury until at least December, the Thunderbirds need others to really step up consistently. Yeah. Uh, the men's team, they played just one game this past weekend. They beat Mount Royal 123-81 to to end preseason. A somewhat underwhelming 3-3 three and three against U-Sports opposition. Unfortunately, we don't have anything from that uh, game against Mount Royal besides the final score. And although we don't have specific stats, we do know that our basketball teams open the season tomorrow. That will be on the road against Regina in the first of a two-game weekend series. They are yet to have a home game here yet at War Memorial Gym, but that will be coming in, I believe, just a week. Yeah, UBC and Regina, neither team uh, played each other last season. On the men's side, Rams last year finished fourth in Canada West, 14 and 6. Thunderbirds, 10 and 2 all time against the Regina men's side, winning both games they played two years ago. And just as a reminder, the men's team finished second in Canada West last season with a 17 and 3 record. And then on the women's side, Regina has finished first in Canada West two years in a row, ending with a 17 and 3 record last season. So they are a powerhouse. Uh, organization again these two teams did not play each other the Thunderbirds are 7 and 12 all-time against Regina however they have lost the last seven in a row against this squad last beating the Rams all the way back in February of 2015 so it has been five years nearly coming yeah. they're, they're due one I guess they're due <laughs> yeah exactly a nice positive outlook on that 
Moving now to football. On a blustery afternoon in Calgary this past weekend, the UBC football season came to a disappointing end. After playing the game of their lives last week against the Huskies and pulling out a dramatic victory, the Thunderbirds were unable to conjure up any more magic as they fell to the Dinos 36-17. Perhaps most unfortunately, the team regressed to early season Thunderbird fashion. When it came you hate to, to see it. You hate to see it. That was mostly when it came to second half scoring. Uh, they notched just one lonely field goal, and that was by virtue of a turnover deep in Dinos territory. Yeah, another thing you hate to see is uh, Gabe Olivares' stat line. 14 for 39 passing, 142 yards, one touchdown, one pick, 3.6 yards per attempt. That's not great, especially given how that much looks like a improved. running back. Yeah, <laughs> like a mid-range running back too. Not even like a very good running back. <laughs> uh, more impactful than all of inaccuracy was the absence of all Canadian linebacker Ben Halatic in this one. Nick Cross shouldered the load and capped off his own exemplary season with 10 tackles and a pick. But lacking one of their premium defensive stalwarts was crushing for UBC. Going back to Oliveira's quickly here, he, his stat line, yes, not super pretty on the face value, but he was able to touch it or to throw a touchdown to Old Reliable and Jacob Patton. And then he also had a pick to go along with that forgettable afternoon. But it was Oliveira's who came in at this midseason and led this team to their pair of victories. So, yes, maybe not a great game, but probably just a. Hopefully a, a blip. It's a blip. That's it what always is. It for. always is. We'll give it's him a pass a on this one. <laughs> uh, I see what you did there, Corey. Uh, well, he didn't give out many himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough, Jake. That's tough. One highlight from this was that uh, Jackson Cirillo Brown hauled in three interceptions of the Dinos quarterback, Adam Sinagra. This was one off of a school record, which was set by Curtis Gallic all the way back in 1997. The last year, UBC won a Vanier Cup, Vanier Cup before the Michael O'Connor era. So three interceptions, yet they still put up 36. Goes to show you the offensive prowess of Calgary. Yeah. Uh, Sorallo Brown is also now, he finishes the season tied for third in interceptions just from one game. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, Woo. he didn't have any before this, but <laughs> <laughs> whatever you can do. Now, 2-6 and six is not a great record. There's no beating around the bush. But whereas all hope seemed lost for this team three games ago, at least this young Thunderbirds team has some positives to draw from now. The emergence of Patton uh, and the dominance of this linebacking core gives reason for optimism looking towards next year. On the flip side of it, though, the rushing attack definitely needs a lot of work. There was only really one game where the running backs played really well. And besides that, there may be another QB competition on its way. Olivares was good, uh, but it'll be interesting to see what Blake Nail wants to do at that most important position moving forward. And as one last piece of positive news, the last time the Thunderbirds finished 2-6 and six was in 2014. In case you need reminding, their fortunes were much better the following season. Is this, is this just stats or is this... Are you saying something here, Corey? <laughs> well, I mean, it is... Because they did go on to win next year, Corey. Yes, they won the Vanya Cup the next year. I mean, we are kind of skirting, skirting around the fact that in the offseason between those two seasons, they went out and got an NCAA Division One quarterback to come play for them. <laughs> so basically all they have to do is find their next Michael O'Connor and we will be okay. Yeah, exactly. That's great. <laughs> yeah. It's easy. Easy, yeah. Easy. <laughs> and now moving into the world of soccer, the, we'll start off with the women's team. The women played two massive games and managed to come out victorious in both of them, not conceding any goals. 
A 1-0 win against Lethbridge and a 4-0 win against Saskatchewan means that UBC are now in the Final Four and are gearing up for Trinity Western. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go women's soccer. Yeah, Final Four back-to-back years. Game one, that playing game against Lethbridge, it was Caitlin Tolnai who got the goal in the 25th minute. Natasha Klasios grabbed the assist on that goal, and that was all they needed offensively. Uh, all those stats we put out about uh, UBC's good record all-time against Lethbridge ended up... Uh, coming true again it didn't bite us yeah, no so ubc in this match outshot lethbridge an incredible 17 to 2 including shots on goal being just 7 to 1 so really ubc dominated and they managed also 11 corners to lethbridge's one complete domination at least statistically not on the goal side yeah. Yeah, uh, Lethbridge actually had a really glorious chance early in the game. Uh, Tori Clements almost converted off of a great individual run, but it was Emily Moore, had a great season, who was ready and made the save. Lethbridge did their best to equalize late in the game, but you saw the score, uh, you saw the shot totals. Uh, the back line stood strong for UBC. Yeah, Moore and the defense, two back-to-back good games, two back-to-back shutouts. UBC picked up right where they left off when they took on Saskatchewan in the quarterfinals. They exploded for three first-half goals, added insurance in the 80th minute to take it 4-0, secure that spot in the Canada West Final Four. UBC again outshot their opponents 18-7 and doubled up their opponents in shots on goal 12-6. Tolnai converted for the T-Birds yet again after Amelia Crawford opened the scoring. Danielle Steer and Anisha Sanga also chipped in with the other two tallies. UBC will now prepare for Trinity Western, and the two programs are very evenly matched teams. UBC has tied and lost to Trinity Western this year in Canada West play. Historically, the two teams are almost identical in wins and losses against each other. They have a great rivalry across many different sports. And specifically, back to soccer, they've recorded seven draws. So get ready. This is going to be intense. That game is tomorrow in Edmonton at 2 p.m. This is spooky season. This <laughs> is playoff season. It's Halloween. You don't know what's going to happen. Going to make it spooky for our old friends over in uh, Langley. Yeah. <laughs> if, if only Let's we, spook them. If there was a way to play Victoria and Trinity Western at the same time, that would be the most intense game Like the Trinity imaginable. Western Vikes. Yes, oh, something. Oh, Lord. Or the Victoria Spartans. Is this sacrilegious? Tag team of us and UBCO against the two of them. Ooh. I like it. I, like I think that. I like we'll that take too. it to athletics. We'll see what we'll they say. To, we'll see that. what happens. Um, moving on to the men's. The men were only in action once over this past week, but they made that one game a memorable one, also securing a berth in the Final Four, just as the women did. The tight affair against Alberta ended in a 1-0 win, and the men were rewarded for a tight affair that saw them persevere at every point in the game. Yeah, UBC peppered the Alberta goal with 13 shots, 6 on target compared to Alberta's 4 and 1 respectively. UBC had 12 corners to Alberta's 2. Alberta did have the advantage in fouls, however. They committed 21 against UBC's 11. What is that stat? (laughs) So that's a foul every 3 minutes, pretty much. Just under 3 minutes. There must be some bad blood. There was something (laughs) off-field we did not hear about before this game. They won in one category, at least. Good for them. Good for them. UBC did leave frustrated going into halftime with a 0-0 score. But they were, however, finally rewarded in the 76th minute. So late is better than never. When Jordan Haynes' corner missed everyone, including the goalkeeper... And it found its way into the back of the net uh, on the far post. So from there, it was all defense, and UBC came away with that very close 1-0 victory. Yeah, next up is Saskatchewan. Going to play them on November 2nd. That is Saturday at 7 p.m. here at Thunderbird Stadium. And we're, we're just going to give some more uh, historical stats. Between September 2009 
to September 2018. The men have 11 wins, one loss, three draws against Saskatchewan, 7-0-1 record at home. So I'm uh, not going to make any predictions based on that. It's just right. laying out the pregame uh, no, stats. These are not predictions. Just We're just simply stating stats. Yeah, right? and uh, this is history. Unlike yeah. the women's basketball team against Regina, Saskatchewan uh, is definitely not due a victory. That's that's true. Um, you know who else, unfortunately, wasn't due a victory? Apparently, women's rugby. They did so well. They did so well all season. First time they've ever hung the Canada West banner. But U Sports wasn't as kind to them. Yesterday at 11 a.m., the UBC women's rugby side began their quest for the national title to be the best women's rugby program in Canada. This was the first time in program history that the UBC Thunderbirds had ever been to a U Sports championship with a Canada West title under their belt. They're currently ranked number four nationally as of yesterday, that was. And the Thunderbirds quarterfinal match did take place against the number two ranked Laval Rougeor in Ottawa. I want to know how this bracket was set up. How is the number four ranked team playing the number two ranked team in the quarterfinals? That, do- that doesn't really make much sense. To my understanding, <laughs> they maybe just wanted, you know, a little extra competition. <laughs> maybe they're like Canada West is weak historically. That actually could make sense to yeah. a degree. I don't know. Well, uh, just as a flashback, it was October 20th that the Thunderbirds stopped Calgary's reign of terror in the Canada West by uh, beating them 26-12 in the championship game. And just days after that, Thunderbirds player Lyric Atchison was honored with the uh, Female Aboriginal Athlete of the Year Award by Rugby Canada. She is part of the Squamish Nation, so uh, congratulations to her. Yep, the U-Sports game versus Laval. By the time this game got to halftime, the score was already 19-0 in favor of Laval, although the T-Birds rallied a bit towards the end. The first half damage was enough to put the Laval Rougeor out of reach. Yeah, that's a tough way for the season to end right at the quarterfinals there. It was uh, 32-12 to in the end, but they do get to play uh, at least one more game on Friday, tomorrow with uh, UBC taking on the defending national champions, St. Francis Xavier University in the consolation semifinals. Meanwhile, Laval will face Guelph in the semifinals also tomorrow. The men's side put on a show overpowering Capilano RFC to a tune of 80-33. to This wasn't playoffs, but it was a great outing for them. This boosted their Premier League record to 5-1 and one now on the season. Yeah, the Thunderbirds entered halftime leading 43-7. to seven. After this win, the team propelled itself to a first place tie in the Premier League at 24 points with Burnaby Lake. Yeah, UBC OB, interesting uh, statistical profile for their team. It's made up of UBC alumni. They are only sixth uh, in the 13th in the 13-team league, but despite that, they have the best point differential at plus 150. Yeah, they scored the most points and conceded the second least, but they're not able to pick up as many wins as that. So I tried might to do. Suggest. So when I looked into this, the mental math was that they had such huge blowouts and then they had very close losses and that's how they got to where they are (laughs) so although the normal ubc rugby program is tied for first go old boys they're doing well (laughs) they are doing well (laughs) still a crazy statistic no matter where they are in the standings next up for the ubc regular varsity team is a november 2nd matchup against Maryloma. RC, who are just 2-4 and four on the season with a minus 45 point differential compared to UBC's plus 76. You are listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. We're going to take a quick break for ads and PSAs. And we'll come back to you with some news on swimming in just a couple minutes.
Hey, what are you listening to there, buddy? Oh, hello. Didn't see you there. I'm listening to Moonchild. I love Moonchild, and I see they're playing the Biltmore November 10th. Are you going? I might. I haven't gotten tickets yet, but they're available on Eventbrite.com and at Red Cat Records. Hello, fellow CICR members. Are you guys talking about Moonchild, the alternative R&B trio from Los Angeles, California? Oh, hey, Nardwar. Why, yes, we are. I hear they're playing at the Biltmore Cabaret here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, presented by the MRG Concert, Side Stage Presents, CITR Radio, and our very own Disc Order Magazine. Be there or be square, keep on rocking in the free world, and do-do-do-do-do. Do-do. Hi, everyone. We're from the UBC Food Society. Yummy. And we're the only food club at UBC. We're about feeding students, but also teaching them how to feed themselves. Through our restaurant outings and cooking workshops, we hope to expose you guys to the diversity of cultures, flavors, and food communities Vancouver has to offer. So if you want to get involved, email us at foodsociety at gmail.com or check up on our website at www.ams.ubc.ca slash clubs slash food society or you can even join our Facebook, 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 Facebook. Facebook group. Hello and welcome back to Thunderbird Eye. And now we're finally able to bring you a brief bit of news about our great swim teams. They competed in a small tri-meet in Calgary last Friday against uh, just two other teams, Calgary and Lethbridge. UBC this season will be looking to defend their Canada West and national titles yet again. In conference particularly, it's been a wash for a number of years. The women's team have won every Canada West Championship since 2009, and the men have won every Canada West Championship since 2013. I love the dominance. There's nothing better than that. UBC were victorious again on the women's side, beating the second-place Dinos 74 points to 57. However, UBC came second to Calgary on the men's side, losing substantially 80.5 to 39.5. What does this mean going ahead? Are you just just trying to give uh, the Dinos a bit of hope? Maybe that's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> before, before we put them back in their place False again. False sense of security. Yeah, next up for UBC will be the Audlem Brown Limited College Cup Pacific, great name, uh, this weekend at the Aquatic Center here on campus. And now looking into the world of hockey, there are a couple of things to touch on, and we can begin with women's field hockey. It is with great sadness that we must announce that UBC failed to beat UVic this past they weekend. They have not been the same (laughs) it's been two years something's up uh they lost their first game 1-0 and tied their second to all the women's ice hockey team were victorious in both games against manitoba this past week shutting them out with a 3-0 win in game one and again shutting them out with a 1-0 win in game two the men's ice hockey team split their series against manitoba posting a 5-2 loss in game one and a 3-1 win in game two Yeah, starting with field hockey, the women, they needed to build on their back-to-back 0-0 draws against UVic back in uh, September. In order to make it to the national championship, they needed to get at least a win and a draw, and unfortunately, that did not happen. The game was scoreless at half, and it was eventually Ashton Amon of the Vikes who scored via the five-hole on Hannah Rumble. The play was a result of a turnover forced by Judy Cristant, and UBC had a glorious chance to get on the scoreboard as well after a turnover lead to a three-on-one, but a poke check by Sophia Burke made the difference in an unfortunate manner. 
Yeah. Game two, meaningless after the game one victory for you, Vic. But the Thunderbirds did play better in their season finale, finished the season with a 2-1-5 and five record. I would like to point out that's nearly as bad in, if you count ties as losses, as the UBC football team. Hey, if you if you if you don't count it, uh, ties as lost, it's almost undefeated. You can look at it in a couple different ways. <laughs> well, uh, we'll have to debate about that, but they didn't move on. So <laughs> they did not. If that says anything, looking at men's ice hockey now, looking at game one, despite outshooting the Bisons forty-two to eighteen, forty-two to eighteen, it was Manitoba who would strike three times in the first period en route to a five-two win. A definition of a against the run of play. Right there, uh, Bison's goalie, Riley Lamb, he's the conference leader in saves, and he added to that with 40 saves, including 20 in the second period alone as UBC was trying to make that comeback. He just single-handedly would not let them. The Lamb is the GOAT, clearly. (laughs) This man is on one. Thank you. I appreciate the laughs. This is all I have, guys. There you go. There's your one Jacob Air joke for the entire semester, folks. Uh, UBC did manage to get two goals from Popoff and Sandu on the power play, but it was too little too late with the Birds already being down 4 nothing at the time. At least they're getting shots on goal, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Lamb had mercy on them after they were 4 nothing. <laughs> Lamb had mercy, I agree. On the topic of shots on goal, if we look at Game 2, UBC came out firing on all cylinders again, putting nearly 50, they got 48, but almost 50 shots toward the Manitoba goal. This time, the scoreline was in their favor as they secured a 3-1 to win. Ryland Toth was back in net this game after Dea was giving game one, and he made 21 saves for his second win of the season in net. Austin Vetterall put up two goals, including the game winner and an empty netter, and Tyler Sandu put up two assists in the victory. Yeah, second period was the one with the most action as uh, Tony Aptagon of Manitoba tied the game at one, only three and a half minutes left in the period. The Thunderbirds snatched the lead right back a minute later, and they would uh, hold on for the rest of the game. Look for the men back in action tomorrow and Saturday versus Saskatchewan. Game one at seven Pacific time and game two at three Pacific time. Looking on the women's side now, UBC controlled the play in their first game, and the full team effort contributed to the 3-0 victory. Manitoba only managed to muster up 10 total shots. Yikes. And Yeah, yikes. <laughs> and Tori McLash, doing her best lamb impression, stopped everything she faced to earn her second shutout of the season. Goat 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michaela Agradnozek, Shaylee McConnell, and Hannah Clayton Carroll all chipped in for the Thunderbirds. The game-winning goal was a clapper from Ogrodnachuk from the high slot scored on the power play. The goal served as the first conceded on the power play this year for the Bisons, and it was the first scored on goaltender Aaron Fargi. And looking at Game 2, the lone goal for UBC came from Ashley McFadden in Game 2, but it was all the birds would need as they swept the Bisons by a score of one nothing. Yeah, a lot of penalty minutes in this one. Ten total penalties called, including a double minor. UBC's penalty killing came through when it mattered late in the third, doing uh, everything possible to help out Tori McClash, who got another win and another shutout. McClash has been perfect over the last two games, as we mentioned, making 17 saves in this game, collecting her third shutout of the season. The record is getting closer and closer for her. Yet we can't find. We know she's there. But Canada West makes it very difficult to find the exact ranking of where she Mm -hmm. is. We got to do a deep dive, maybe contact someone that has the stats that they don't post for the public. (laughs) We are not worthy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, UBC extends its point streak to six games, and the Birds also swept their first weekend series of the season. The T-Birds are next in action tomorrow and Saturday in Saskatchewan, both games at 5 Pacific time. 
Now, while the autumn chill continues to set in here in the Pacific Northwest, our women's golf team got a chance to soak up some sun as part of their final tournament of 2019 at the Rainbow Wahine Invitational in Kapolei, Hawaii. The team finished 11th out of 14 teams. Now, that sounds terrible for an outfit of their quality, but their competitors were primarily NCAA Division I schools. As such, this was mostly about the opportunity for the Thunderbirds, and we shouldn't have to worry about them slumping come the January resumption of play. Kate Johnson was the top finisher for the Thunderbirds, placing a respectable tie for 27th after shooting two under on the final day. Shania Ramandaban followed up her Canada West Championship with a 40 place 40th place tie. Esther Lee was tied at 49th. Ju Wen, 57th. And Cizo Kwan in at 76th. Yeah, it was Sacramento State that swept the podium, finishing tops in the team competition at one under. And their first year test, Blair took home the individual honors for the Sacramento State Hornets at minus nine with a final round six under 66, which was the lowest round of that day. The team has a few months off now before they return to play the Ottawa University Arizona Invitational in Phoenix. Very confusing geographically with that one, but <laughs> they're, they're trying to be like very international. They're like, here, we'll be in Canada. Okay, also in the U.S. Well, when we hosted our own Invitational a few weeks back, that was in Bellingham. So this right. seems like right up Golf Sally. That is January 27th to 29th. The men, however, still have one last tournament to play in 2019. They'll also head to Arizona for the NAIA National Preview in Mesa. That starts on Monday. In cross-country, the Thunderbirds competed in the Canada West Championships in Calgary last Saturday. Both teams, men and women, had very strong performances, with the women defending their Canada West title and the men coming in a solid third. There were also many impressive individual performances, including two medals, Next up will be the final meet of the season for the Thunderbirds Cross Country with U Sports Cross Country Championships in Kingston, Ontario, not Arizona, just Kingston, Ontario. (laughs) (laughs) There's no Kingston, Ontario, Arizona, thankfully. And uh, the women's team, back-to-back Canada West titles, dominant 40-point win over the nearest team. That was Trinity Western. Great stuff to see from them. Fifth-year Nicholas Simmons led the way in the 81-woman field, individually winning the 8-kilometer race with a time just over 30 minutes and 30 seconds, beating the second-place runner by under a second. She came in exactly at 30-35-49, if you're getting really particular. And this incredible performance earned her Conference Athlete of the Year, as well as Canada West and U Sports Athlete of the Week in her final conference race. What a way to go out. Going out on top. And UBC also had two more runners in the top six with Naomi Lang and Kyla Becker. Looking at the men's side, the men's team ran a 10-kilometer race with a field of 89. It was third-year Kieran Lum, a graduate from Jacob's High School? No. Whose high school is that? I think that's Ben's. Ben's. Ben Nelson's high school. Yeah, Ben Nelson, one of our writers here. Uh, That's his high school, Lord Bing. We'll we'll double check on it. Yeah, (laughs) we'll do some research on that. Anyway, Kieran Lum had an amazing race. He came in third place with a time of 32-14. Thomas Broach was not far behind Kieran coming in eighth place, 18 seconds. Kieran Gravel came in 20th place with a time of 33-48. And rounding out the rest of the runners for UBC who qualified for a team score were Will Riley, 25th, Tanner Geary, 26th, Cole Dissendale and Riley Miller. And uh, now that's all the sports from this past week. So I'm going to take a quick look at the upcoming ones this weekend. Tomorrow, women's rugby playing their consolation game against St. Francis Xavier. The soccer final four, women's Trinity Western in Edmonton at 2 p.m. 
men's against Saskatchewan here at home at 7 p.m. Uh, volleyball, both men's and women's play Mount Royal. Basketball, both men's and women's play Regina to open their season. Ho- hockey, uh, men's and women's play Saskatchewan. The men's team will be here at home, a game at 7 tomorrow evening. Then on Saturday, you got the Canadian University Rowing Championships, the Audlum Brown Cup for swimming, soccer, will play either the gold medal game or the bronze medal game at the uh, fi- their respective Final Fours, while hockey, volleyball, and basketball play the second games of their series. Sunday, more rowing and swimming, while men's field hockey plays West Vancouver FHC. And then finally, on Monday and Tuesday, men's golf are at the NAIA National Preview in Mesa. we got a lot to cover next week. So many sports! <laughs> I love it! This is all I dream of! This is awesome. Playoffs, new seasons, new beginnings. Tune in tomorrow night, 6 p.m. It's live UBC Thunderbirds volleyball. And with that, thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on a very spooky day here at CITR 101.9. Happy Halloween. And besides listening to show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbirds news, standings, and stories is going and following us on our socials. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube all at CITR Sports. Next up on CITR is Rocket from Russia. That'll be at 10. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jacob, Jake, an absent Liz Wang, Corey and Nico with contributions from Ben Nelson. Listen Thursdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. on CITR Radio or check us out on iTunes at Thunderbird Eye. Thank Jacob, you. could we hear one more howl before we go off air? Oh! Thank that's, you. That's the good stuff. And with that, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful day and have a... Very spooky Halloween.